car repair, the nightmare of the Western world. You don't know the difference between the catalytic converter and the powertrain, the carburetor and the camshaft. You've been ripped off endlessly by unscrupulous mechanics who've charged hundreds or thousands of dollars. You're sick of feeling like a complete idiot, and you just don't want to take it or pay for it anymore. Well, your life's about to change. Meet Pam Oaks, ASE certified and top-notch auto technician host, shop owner, and author of Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. She'll answer your questions and teach you how to talk car talk. Get under the hood right now with Pam. Okay, let's get on with the show, and this week we're going to be catching up with our email. We are bombarded by emails lately. Thank you very much. We appreciate it, and we'll make sure that every one of them is answered. But this week we're having Peter Sudak. As always, welcome. Thanks, Pam. Thanks for having me in again. Well, thank you, and you know we have such a good time answering our email letters. Yeah, as I've told you in the past, I really enjoy this. This, oh, this, this, this is, is fun. fun. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. And this week we have five. We're going to start with the first one. Bob from Arizona, he writes, What should my mechanic look for when checking out my truck brakes? First and most obvious thing is going to be the brake pads and brake shoes, measuring their condition, measuring the thickness. Because once they get down to a certain minimum thickness, they need to be replaced. So we we have to have a... special instrument to measure the thickness exactly and you know it's not like don't give you that oh they're 10 percent left or 20 percent left yeah there is the er, everybody's percentage is going to be different and the gauges are in 30 seconds of an inch there's no mistaking how thick the brake pad is and it's a real real simple process to do oh that's true because like my 10 percent of a shot glass is a lot different than your 10 percent of a shot glass yes because my (laughs) shot glass is a lot bigger (laughs) (laughs) so you know it's all in perspective and this way measuring them 30 seconds of an inch like they're supposed to be it's let you know exactly it's cut and dry that's right while they're checking out the brakes they need to check out the brake fluid condition this is extremely important because and we've seen some uh pretty nasty ones in there before normally brake fluid coming out of the jug is a yellowish color and we've seen some master cylinders that is like a dark nasty dark brown or black and that's definitely a time to get it flushed out And, and that can be from two things from excessive heat or from whomever's checking it they're opening up the cap and they're not cleaning the area first and that dirt just from road grime and debris, so on and so forth, is getting in there and breaking down. Right. You know, that fluid can only encapsulate so much. Always, always, always have it checked. And they should be checking this, too. You know, another thing, too, is people don't realize the brake hardware. That's true. The components that hold all the brake pads, looking at the brake calipers and hoses. And if you got drum brakes, there's uh, springs. springs and levers, yeah. yeah, springs and levers and all sorts of mm-hmm. things back there. They need to make sure they're not all rusty and crusty. They're functioning properly as well. That can happen just by one winter in the... Up north. Up north. That's right. One winter up north. That could do it. Salt and the cold and everything is oh. very hard on metal. I've, I've seen cars that have been up north and they are... They turn into rust buckets real quick. Oh, yes. And you know, another thing, too, is people don't realize if they're on a dirt road or if they're in a lot of construction, that debris can come up and hit brake lines and, you know, other brake hardware as well. Yeah, and do damage as yeah, well, yes. you need to have a check once in a while. 
People always ask me, what is ABS? ABS is your anti-lock braking system on your vehicle. And you know, this is extremely important because you need this when you go into a panic stop for the vehicle to stop in the shortest distance. So there's another thing that ABS has everything to do with the brake pad condition, the brake fluid condition, the brake hardware condition. It's extremely important. Peter, you were talking earlier with me about this one guy came into your shop and he was talking about how to cut a full brake job. That was a gentleman with the Jeep, right? The guy with the Jeep. Okay. Yes. What he wanted to do, he had the calipers and rotors off the back of his Jeep Grand Cherokee. Hardware that holds the emergency brake shoes that are inside the brake rotor and back were all rusted and he couldn't get them off. So basically what he wanted to do is just cut them off and take the emergency brake shoes out of there and put the brake rotor and back on without the e-brake shoes and everything else. And from a professional standpoint, that is the absolute incorrect way to do it. you got to have those parts in there. Exactly. You know, if you can't start your car, nobody can get hurt. And if you can't stop it, people could get hurt or killed. Right, because he was... No cutting corners. He was trying Mm -hmm. to... Trying to push for an answer, he wanted me to tell him yes, and I told him the professional way is you do not take those parts out. We don't do that here. It sounds like he was just fishing for an answer he wanted to hear, too. Right. That's what I was, that's the point I was getting at. He wanted a confirmation of what he wanted to do, and I wouldn't give it to him. Good for you, Peter. Okay, let's move on. Our next letter is Jerry from Florida, and she writes, I recently got an oil change. I asked if they could check the car over, and they said yes, but I still don't know what they checked. What should they be looking at? Good question, Jerry. You know, automatically when you get your oil changed, this is a perfect time for your ASC certified technician, either at an ASC Blue Seal shop or your dealership, check over the vehicle, especially for safety items. And they should be presenting you a list I mean, there are dozens of lists out there that you can use either from the dealership or uh, I use an AC Delco list that is color-coded green, yellow, red to let you know good caution or stop. There's an issue. It checks over everything and each customer gets a copy of that checklist so you can understand. And customers do ask questions off that checklist and this is great because this is where you get a good rapport with your technician, with your service center, and you need this to have a vehicle that's running properly and a vehicle that's running properly and not taking money out of your wallet. Right, Peter? That's right, because the whole thing with the oil change is preventative maintenance. That's the main thing, and that's what the checklist is for. One item of that checklist, which is extremely important, is needing to check the condition of your tires. That's right. No and, good sneakers. It's right. We, and you and I have stressed that I can't think how many hundreds of times how important tires is. It's the only thing between you and the road. you got to have good rubber on the ground. That's right. Right. We were just talking about brakes. There's the that's, time to check them. That's the perfect time to check them. And if the shop you're going to is reputable while they're doing the rotation, there should be no extra charge at all for checking the brakes. You have the wheels off anyway. Yep, they're right there. For the rotation, the brakes are right there. All you got to do is peek their head in there and make sure everything's good and then put the wheel back on. If not, stop 
and talk to your customer about it. Exactly. And you know, at this time too, they need to be checking the fluid levels, you know, all the fluid levels and topping them off the proper way. Another thing they should be doing, you know, safety items like wiper blades. Check the wiper blades. A lot of times they'll try to sell you wiper blades, but no, you've got to clean them off. And remember we talked about before using the paper towels and the Fantastic. Boy, that takes off road grime on wiper blades like you would not believe. It's yes. like getting a new set. Absolutely. But if they're starting to tear or yeah. skip, you need to take care of that. And during your oil change, they need to be addressing that. Are they dirty or do you need to have them changed out? And, you know, people don't think about checking headlights, license plate tag lights, turn signal bulbs. This is the time that you need to have this checked. You know, not to say something's going to happen in between oil changes, but now's the time to have this checked. A lot of people are coming and they're a little chap because they get pulled over for a burned out taillight. And from what I understand, Pam, that's on your checklist as light bulbs as well. Right, but you'd have to have a crystal bulb. Yeah, you'll never know. You'll, you'll never know. It's you like, just never know. Same as the light in a lamp at home. You don't know if it's going to work or not when you turn the switch on. You'll exactly. never know. You know, the other thing, some shops go to the extreme and they mark down all these things that need to be replaced. But don't. And this is where you need to get your second opinion. You know, you go in for that 1099 oil change. No one on God's green earth can change oil for 1099 or 1999. They're going to give you a checklist. When you get that checklist, you make sure that you get a second opinion. Right. You know, this is this is a key to get you in. This coupon is a key to get you into their establishment. Like any other, like a food coupon or a shopping coupon. This is to get you into the store to spend money. Right. And they're hoping that if they give you what the other proper term is, not their checklist, but their grocery list, as some people call it. Yeah, they're upselling. Um, not right. Yeah, they're upselling a bunch of stuff that you don't need. Definitely needs a second opinion, and they're hoping that maybe one or two customers will just say, okay, we'll go ahead and do it, and then they make a bunch of money exactly. off, you, off stuff you so don't need. Keep the money in your wallet and get a second opinion. Double check. That's right, because if you go to a doctor, you don't like his diagnosis, you go get a second opinion. Why not the car? It's the same thing. Same exact thing. Okay, let's move on here. We have Travis from Georgia. And he writes, Dear Pam, how long can I have my truck's check engine light on? Well, we don't want you to have it on at all, do we, Peter? No, because no. that can lead to some serious problems. You need you to can. at least get it checked out, find out what it is as soon as possible. Yep, ASAP. You better believe it. And you know... This has everything to do with how your vehicle operates, your fuel economy, your emissions. And with a check engine light on, you are going to be going to the gas station much more often because it's going to be doing all sorts of things to make sure that your vehicle doesn't stall. And one of them is it's going to be feeding a gas. And that mm -hmm. gasoline is very expensive nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it's coming down a little bit, but it's still... Way too expensive as far as I'm concerned. Can't stress it out enough. Get it checked. I've heard stories of people who, and I'm sure you have too, customers said, we tell them during their oil change that their check engine light's on. Do you mm -hmm. want us to look at it? 
And they say, oh, no, that's been on there for, I've had that on for the last six months, and you're just shaking your head, and, you know, what can you do? You can't beat them over the head and make them take it. All you can do is tell them, hey, the check engine light's on. Do you want us to address it? They say no, and then, you know, that's all you can do. Don't say no, folks. Say yes, because you know what? All that money that you're pouring into your tank because you're driving around with a check engine light on, just send it over to Peter and me. How's that? Vacation. That's good enough to me. I'll take it. Yeah, you can contribute to our vacation fund. And our shot glass fund, too. Yes, and our shot glass fund, too. (laughs) (laughs) But please, you know, always say yes. It may be expensive to repair, but you're going to make out in the long run because you're going to be using less fuel. You'll be going to the gas station less often because your miles per gallon, your MPG is going to go up. You know, another myth that I like is people come in and says, oh, my check engine light's on. It's the oxygen sensor. That term oxygen sensor has gotten into everybody's vocabulary. Yeah. That... And they don't know what it is. You know, this light can come on for over 400 different reasons. First uh, one that comes out of their mouth is oxygen sensor. Yeah, when they don't want to have it checked out at the garage and pay the fee, you know, because at the garage we charge because, you know, technicians got to, you know, we got to pay a technician's. So they go to the parts right. stores, and they'll do it for free. Most of the time, the code comes up for an oxygen sensor or something like that, but there could be five or six different things. Well, the oxygen that sensor could come on because it has a restricted fuel filter. All sorts of options, yeah. And vacuum leak. I mean, there's a bunch of things. And just because the oxygen sensor code pops up doesn't mean that you replace that. Oh, you know, the other thing is about driving with a flashing check engine light on. Yeah, that's definitely telling you if if it's on solid, you need to get it looked at. If it's flashing, you need to get in there like yesterday. You just, you don't drive it. No. You tow it. Because you could have engine damage. You could actually create mechanical engine damage by driving it that way. You know, I can't let this one go. I got to go back to this oxygen sensor. I'm going to tell you this horror story. We had a customer who moved into the area recently, didn't know where to go, and he was going over to the uh, corner parts store, and they told him he needed an oxygen sensor. Well, in his vehicle, he has four, so he bought all four of them because they convinced him you have to replace all four of them. Well, he replaced all four of them, and he drove for a couple of days, and the check engine light came back on. So he went back over there and he says, what gives here? You told me I needed an oxygen sensor. I installed it. Now I have a check engine light on again. Well, they said, now you have to replace the plugs and wires and a coil. So they sold him a coil and plugs and wires. And he installed it and he drove it for less than a day and the check engine light came on. Needless to say, somebody guided him over to us. And he told me this horror story. We put it on the scanner. We read the data stream. Basically, all he needed was a $12 molded vacuum hose that we had to get from the dealer. It was a dealer item only. $12, folks. It took us less than two minutes to install it. That's why his check engine light was on. And he spent almost $1,000 at the auto parts store between the four oxygen sensors and the platinum plugs and the wires and the coil. That's insane. That's insane. That's why you always have, always, always, always have. And you'll have to pay, but trust me, you pay an ASC certified technician at an ASC Blue Seal shop 
or at the dealership and you have this checked out properly and not a sales rep at an auto parts store. You have yeah. it done right. Yeah. One they, and done. They they may know how to operate the scanner to pull whatever code is in there, but they don't have the proper training no. to decipher what's actually causing that code to come on. And like a lot of things, free is not always good. No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay, let's go on. All right, we're going back to Florida again. We got Gwen, and she writes, Dear Pam, how long should my battery last? I've had a battery for less than a year, and I had to take it in because my car wouldn't start, and they said it's my battery again. Well, well Peter, you know, we see this a lot, don't we? Yeah, I've, I've seen brand new batteries poop out after two months, and then, then I've seen five-year batteries last six years. Exactly. It just, it just depends on the condition, on the car, whether you maintain the battery. With the battery corrosion, you know, on the terminals mm-hmm. starts building up, that will cause its battery's premature demise. Oh, yes. I mean, there's a lot heat. of conditions. The heat is very hard on them, especially in the engine compartment. It gets awfully hot in there. That's true. Starting and stopping often, you know, you're a sales rep, or, you know, it's hard because that's what starts the vehicle is your battery. That that's stored right. energy in the battery is what starts the car. All right, and the alternator charges it back up as you drive. The main thing, though, the big pet peeve I have, and I don't understand because I'm sure that technicians have been talking about this and giving the sermon to their customers, do not jump start a car off of another car, period. You want to talk about a quick demise to a battery? There you go. A battery and other things, too. There are a lot of electrical components in this vehicle. So people don't realize that electricity is almost as fast as the speed of light. You are not superhuman, and you cannot tell if there's going to be a spike in the system because there's an issue with the car. If the car's not starting, there's an issue with the car. Don't let your car be a guinea pig. And I'll give you a good example. Um... A friend of ours who knows better, he's into cars, and he knows better, but he wanted to be the good Samaritan. And unfortunately, he jump-started somebody's vehicle. Doing so, not only did he ruin the battery and the alternator, but he actually blew out the programmable command module. And unfortunately, it was over its 8-year, 80,000 federal emission warranty. He spent about $1,200 to be a good Samaritan. $1,200, guys. And then remember that time, that one time, and Dad knows better, being in the industry over 45 years, that he was trying to help somebody out. She was standing there in the parking lot with jumper cables, and she had a kid with her, and my dad felt bad about it, and he jump-started the car, and we ended up putting an alternator and a battery in his car that afternoon. That's right. He knows better. So please, you know, if you're going to be a good Samaritan, call the road service for him. Right. Don't use your car. Just another example, a lady called me on the phone said she had a dead battery. I said, well, you know, call a tow truck and get it towed in. Well, I've got a friend of mine here who can jumpstart it, and oh, I told oh. her, absolutely not, do not do that, because no. all the burnout, the electronics. Yeah, and she know. goes, I do it all the time. And I basically told her, ma'am, I'm recommending you don't do that. Your car's there, I'm here. I mean, you do what you want at your car, but I don't recommend it. She goes... I do, yeah, I've done it 10, 15 times on my car. Maybe that's why she needs a jump to come over and have you look at it. Hmm? 
That's yep. true. Well, actually, <laughs> right. I think she got a jump started. I haven't, oh, I haven't seen her come in the garage. God. I don't know what she did, but folks, we're here to help, and we're here to teach you how to do common sense things with your vehicle, so you can keep money in your wallet and keep your car on the road. And one of the things, don't let anybody jump start your car, or don't let anybody use your car to jump start theirs. So please. All right, enough about that. Time for one more, Peter. We have to have one more. All okay? right, sounds good. We're going to head to Minnesota. That sounds good. Let's go farther north. Greg from Minnesota, he writes, Dear Pam, does my car have a cabin air filter and why? Well, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of cars nowadays have cabin air filters, and the purpose of it is, well, twofold. It keeps the air you breathe inside the cab of your vehicle cleaner just like the filter in your house for your ac exactly same, same thing. thing and it helps keep debris from going into the blower motor that's true people don't know the blower motor what is that well that's that little fan underneath the dash that you control low speed fan medium speed fan or high speed fan that's blower motor and that protects debris from going in there and most makes and models and depending upon the area that you drive how, how frequently you change it. If you drive in a dusty yeah. area or down a dirty road, you're going to be changing it more frequently than if you're just driving on highway, you know, exactly. area of the country, mm-hmm. you know, where it's got dirty air. Oh, um, yeah. So there's there's a lot of different factors on how often you change it, but normally they should be checking it every oil change as part of the service as well. Mom and Dad, they're snowbirds, and their vehicle sits in the garage six months out of the year, basically. And they drive it in the winter. I was smelling something kind of funny in their car. They've been driving it for a couple of months here and pulled it out. You would not believe that the debris and everything. It was actually the leaves starting to rot in the cabin air filter. Wow. Yeah, because they're saying, what does that smell? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) And I traced it to that and I'm like, the actual leaves were breaking down. Wow. They were fermenting on the cabin air filter, so... You don't have to have the car running all the time. It can be parked. No, you don't. I can just it's say pretty it. wild. This is something, actually, they need to be checking when you do your oil anyhow. You don't have to worry about this. No. Nope. But that's what the cabin air filter does. Just think of it basically the same concept as the filter in your house for your heating and air conditioning. And you change it out once in a while, depending upon if you have pets or you don't have pets. Or the area you live in, you drive down dusty roads or in areas that has a lot of dirt and smog, you're going to change it out more often than if you live out in the country. There's nice, fresh, clean air. That's right. Well, you know, that's it. That's the movie? Well, that went quick, didn't it? Yeah. I thought there was a, I thought we still had a couple more left. But I thought already, so, too. We already blew through them already. Okay. Wow. Okay. Ooh, we'll catch up quicker than we thought, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we will. I hope this helps everybody. I really do, because that's the whole premise to this, is to help you learn about your car. Not how to fix it, but how to have your car repaired properly, with the least amount of coin out of your pocket. That is our objective, to keep as much money in your pocket as possible and have everything inspected properly and done right. That's right. You want it done right. So, geez, thank you, Peter. As always, this was a lot of fun, and you have a gadget for us next week? Yeah, I'm sure I can find something for you. Assume your identity, Gadget Guru. Yes, put on my cape and 
Mr. Gadget Guru again. Well, thank you again, Peter. And thank you guys for tuning in again this week. Of course, if you have a question, you're more than welcome to email me at carcare4, the number 4, clueless, at AOL.com, or go to our website, carcareforthecluelist.com, all spelled out, one word. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. And thank you, writers, and thank you, listeners. And remember, you too can be a savvy car care consumer. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure to come back next week for another edition of Car Care for the Clueless. And don't forget to look for Pam's book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. You'll find it on our website. Just click on the icon Host Website right in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. See you next week.